0: The Golden Knights with a weekend loss to the Colorado Avalanche, 3-2. to Now they stay at home to host the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Hi again, everyone. Tony Kudasko and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you subscribe to podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, anywhere in the world. And uh, again, our Twitter handles at Tony Dasco at TD Chris G., and at Locked On VGK, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On VGK. It's a new week, a lot happening. And uh, Chris, let's start off. The difference in Saturday night's game against Colorado was the power play. Bruce Cassidy made a point of saying following the game that the Avalanche outscored the Vegas Golden Knights two to one on the power play, and that wound up being the difference in the game. Colorado was number one on the power play. And the Avalanche are last in the penalty kill. They've given up six goals on the PK and they've scored nine goals in 17 attempts. That's ungodly on the power play.
1: I think they lowered up against the Blackhawks in that first game. Not that it matters. You still gotta put the puck in the net, doesn't matter who you're playing, but I'm pretty sure um the Blackhawks were um, I think four of those goals, if I'm not mistaken, on opening night. But still, that's uh that's a lot definitely. It pads the stats and Listen, Colorado is a good enough team five on five, right? Colorado is good enough five on five. Now you, uh, you know, you put them on the advantage and bad things are going to happen for the home team. But, you know, all in all, it's a it was a fine game by the Vegas Golden Knights. I think we knew Colorado was not going to come into this game like a normal team off a back-to-back. Uh, they lost to Seattle at home, Colorado, that is. So you knew they were going to want to do their best to right the ship the following night in a tough matchup at T-Mobile Arena. I mean... That, that, that's our reality, folks. Coming to Vegas on a Saturday night is a tough place for the opponent and something that we should certainly uh, embrace as uh, VGK fans.
0: Yeah, and again, there was that uh, span in the first period. Colorado played keep away. I want to say I lost track because they were at nine minutes, right? And then I just kept trying, and they never did say how long that period of time was before VGK had a shot on goal. It might have been as high as 15 minutes in that first period and I think that's that's one of my greatest concerns and then also Colorado Avalanche tilting the ice in the first period we've seen when stronger teams take advantage of VGK and they just hold the puck in that end in their offensive end.
1: So thinking back and I, gosh, I feel so bad I'm going to say this but I think it's Ray. He's um, our usher in the back of 217, and his job—he has a Shout famous out. job. His well, his job is to. And I got I got a path there, so give me a second. But um, his job is to make sure people don't go up and down the aisle while the puck is in play, and he's very polite, but he has to be. You know, it's his job to make sure people don't do that, and he's constantly saying that. And he was uh, chatting with um, a very you know nice spectator while they were waiting, and there was a long span in the first period where I felt like eight minutes went by where there wasn't a whistle. It was probably a little less than that, but point being, I think we're talking about the same span where Colorado just had the puck the entire time. And, you know, Vegas could not uh, get anything going. And this is what you expect. Um, I got to get his name. I will in a second here, but this is what you expect in against the team off of back to back. They come out with some energy. Winnipeg even came out with some energy on Thursday night, but they faded away pretty fast where, Colorado came out with some energy they got gifted a power play and I put this on my um on my Twitter handle I'm going to take it or on our on the on the lockdown VGK as well and I definitely want to take a second to explain that so I think it was Stevenson that went to the box early it was the, the first McKinnon goal so here's the situation and the way I saw it you have two you have two referees two linesmen the two referees have to be basically across the ice and diagonal from each other. They keep approximately a third of the ice between them so they can cover everything that's happening, whether it's the back of the play, the, the live play, et cetera, et cetera. There's a play where the Colorado forward has taken the puck, and I believe uh, Stevenson was the defender. Stevenson makes a swipe at the puck. In the process, takes out the Colorado player. The first thing I did was I looked up at the ref that was right in front of the play that had the play coming at him. And that ref kept his hand down. He had a clear view of the play. There wasn't, he wasn't screened or anything like that. He had a clear view of the play. He didn't put his hand up. So immediately in my head, I say, okay, Stevenson got the puck first. If you, you know, try and poke, poke, check the puck away. If you get puck first, you're good. Even if you, even if you take the player out, well, it's not egregious or something, you know, dumb like that taking out the player as part of the game at all levels, whether it's kids, adults, and pros, and anything in between. I hear a whistle, and I see the back referee just crossing the red line with his hand up, sending Stevenson to the box. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what's what's happening here. And listen, any ref can make a call anywhere on the ice. It's not just because it wasn't in front of the ref. It's someone's call. That's not how it works. But at the NHL level, there's got to be a little more trust with your partner when he's six feet away from it so and that didn't cost the game or anything like that I'm not going to be sour like saying oh the VGK lost the game because of the officiating Colorado was the better team they were the better team in the right spots but you know that certainly uh set the path in a, in a rough spot for the Vegas Golden Knights last night
0: four times four times four times a uh, referees obstructed the way the path and uh got in the way of the puck for Colorado in that no the refs are never in the way refs are never
1: in the way Tony let's talk talk about goaltending let's talk about goaltending
0: Alexander Georgiev that's the best game might be the best game I've ever seen him play because you know I'm a Rangers fan and I watched him an awful lot and Logan Thompson beating himself up after the game uh LT you know he he has to stay on course he has to stay the path tonight in the game we'll get into the Maple Leafs later But who would you start in the back-to-back for VGK? I would come back with Logan Thompson. He beat himself up. He's still going to be sharp. He had a day off. He's back to normal, uh, back on path, and then go with Aiden Hill in San Jose against his former team tomorrow night. Wouldn't matter. You could play in that tomorrow
1: night. That's fair. So so first of all, shout-out to Sky W, one of our – One of our uh, Twitter followers just seems real real positive fella, fun interaction. So we were going up and back a little bit last night. So shout out to Sky for the comments and stuff. Um, So there's two ways to look at the situation involving the goalies. And I think just simply Aiden Hill goes tomorrow night because it's San Jose and his former team. But there is another path to look at this here. Logan is the starter, Aiden Hill is the backup, and there is a a sizable gap, I believe, between the two. Not as big as we thought, maybe, Tony, but there is a a noticeable gap as far as the uh, quality of goaltenders between Logan Hill and, or Logan Hill, Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Not knocking Aiden Hill, just LT is our starter, he's the man right now. So, You have tonight's the tougher game tomorrow. San Jose is the layup game locked on San Jose sharks. Tomorrow is the layup game before the Vegas golden Knights that we should win 19 to 12 with Tony playing forward and me playing goalie. So in a spot like that, you can almost make the argument you send out your better starter to assure yourself of two points in the back to back. And if you get there against Toronto tonight with your backup goalie, then fine. You're, you're in an an advantageous position, that said, I think the um, Aiden Hill will be the one going tomorrow night, just simply because of the fact that it is his former team. And it's a, it's a nice little nod to Aiden Hill to get that opportunity. You know, Aiden Hill wants to be a net tomorrow night. He wants to be a net tonight, too. Don't kid yourself. But, you know, Lt, he was tough on himself and that's fine. I mean, that's that's good that the goalie cares. That's good that he's upset. and just like bruce cassidy you're getting this honesty right you know you're getting this honesty from the players now you're getting it from bruce k we'll talk more about cassidy in segment two obviously who seems to have a a, a highest approval rating and anyone in in the land but um you know there's a lot of honesty in that locker room and a lot of accountability and i mean logan thompson had a great game he had a great game Two like uh like cassidy said two two shots off the post on the power play you're not gonna do anything about that and then was it nishushkin that uh had uh, just that he undressed everybody. I mean, yeah, Aaron chance is still looking for who, his tail who, after that. Who,
0: who turned the puck over first and foremost?
1: Uh, uh, that's a fair question. I don't know the answer, but I know you Brady, know who it is. Who might it be? If you're saying this, oh, one... if
0: you're saying, I think you're gonna say William Carlson. Come on now, of course. That's where the play began. I knew, I knew it. I just took wanted, the puck. You just it, wanted to dog on flat Carlson. out, flat out took the puck away from Tony.
1: Me. It took you until game six that to elite, dog on William Carlson, that
0: elite. 200 foot player. It, it took you until game stuck six back to get a behind shot his own it. net. It, it took you so until game Dukush- six.
1: Carlson's doing fine. Go ahead. Go that ahead. Dukushin,
0: uh goal was just spectacular, though. You have to give him credit. no doubt. Of course. And uh, McNabb, he skated through three players, and McNabb decided he was hung out to dry. Was like he, a, you know, he was his best nice turn. Crossover style <laughs> that was a great crossover. It was uh, right, th- right there. Uh, and then Jonathan Marshall is on fire. He has five goals. Mark Stone light years better light years better at the bumper okay on the power play enough said
1: and he's, he not, he's still not 100 i don't care what he, still, no still no no he's 100%. not
0: he's not The great point he doesn't look like he's himself yet but he's still doing a lot of the dirty work for vgk and that uh, assist was was spectacular mm-hmm. because uh, the puck was up in the air Michael hit it he just had the uh wherewithal to to come down with the puck and and then that beautiful pass and he gets the helper there uh you you talk about those two blasts, uh, the cannon shots, McKinnon, and the one that hurt the most was
1: Evan Rodriguez. It was
0: in the same spot, but Rodriguez should have been a VGK.
1: Rodriguez fanned on that shot. That's the thing. Like everyone, I heard I heard just people, a lot of people saying, "What an amazing shot!" and all that. You could tell by the trajectory of the puck off his stick that he fanned on it because the puck was flubbing a little bit and it went to the far side as LT was coming across. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Rodriguez at all. I actually, I I put put up a fun video of him in the pregame skates um, and he spent 45 seconds making sure a fan got a puck. Uh, He was trying to shoot it. So it's on on our Twitter handle. It's up there if you scroll down a little bit, folks. But he actually had a fan open up the camera shoots where the, the photographers work down there. And angle it back. He was trying to shoot the puck through the hole, have it go off of the cover and go straight up to the fan. And he hit it once, but it came back. So that that was pretty cool. Just um, I want to take a second, folks. Enjoy the game. So Saturday, if you went to T Mobile, if you went down for warm ups, you had a shot to see two slash three generational talents right in front of you in the pregame skate. Uh, Kale McCarr, who. For my money, he's going to go down as a top three defenseman. His floor is literally like a top five defenseman, and his ceiling is the best defenseman of all time. Dude, you got McKinnon that, out there, and you got play, Eichel out there.
0: The the best defensive play of the entire game was the two-on-one where Kale McCarr goes sliding and knocks the puck away from Mark Stone on the two-on-one. That and was Bo, the best defensive play, period, in that game.
1: Bo Byram is a second-year player now, phenomenal rookie season on the Stanley Cup win, is playing alongside of Kale McCarr and there was one where he just deflected one right above the crease. I mean, Colorado showed why they are a Stanley Cup champion and the type of effort that it's going to take to defeat them. And VGK didn't play a bad game. Like I, like I want to be clear, and this is part of my interaction with Sky. This is not going to be a dump on VGK game or anything like that. But this is a great learning opportunity to show. You're not going to be at your best for 60 60 minutes a night. You're not going to be at your best 82 games a season. But Colorado was opportunistic when they needed to be and did the little things right. There were were also pockets where BGK controlled a lot of the second and third period. But again, an opportunistic going off of the individual effort, of course, where Carlson turned the puck over. Oh, my goodness. You know, Carlson turned the puck over and then uh, the rest is history there. Uh, Jack Eichel to not, not dogging him. He he turned. No no no. It's over. reality. I'm not
0: dogging him. He it's reality. The it's reality. Over. It's time to write another one of those puff pieces on William Carlson this week. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but hey, <laughs> so we have the so we have the Bednar blender. I came up with the Cassidy Cuisinart. Okay, because he mixed up some lines, and we wound up seeing Eichel, Stevenson, and Stone, and then the return of the misfits. Come on, man. I, I told you at the start of the season, Phil Kessel is not the answer on that top line. Okay. He's not.
1: Right. No. And that's fair, Tony Kessel. I think just one assist through all six games so far. And at there are times he's looked the part and times he hasn't. Um, so in my conversation, we're going back to the night that Phil Kessel was signed. I, uh, I had a, a fanboy moment. I called in when, um, right. I Twitter, whatever the Twitter space thing is called, um, And they were doing some, I, I rose my hand. They called me immediately. So my question for Gary Lawless was something along the lines of what can we expect from Kessel as far as leadership and things like that goes. And, you know, he talked about Kessel's experience and stuff, but it didn't take him long to talk about Phil Kessel's impact for the playoffs. And that is the, the main reason that he was acquired because he has phenomenal playoff stats he goes into another gear when the playoffs start, and you know Kessel's been in the league seventeen seasons. He's in uh, what nine hundred and eighty-eight games, I believe tonight. So he ties the the Cal Ripken Iron Man streak, or or better known as Keith Yandel streak, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So he ties that streak tonight, and then he'll break it tomorrow in San Jose, God willing. Of course, nothing crazy happens, and you know he's gonna he's gonna get through the regular season he might not have the same motivation level at times as some of the younger players call it what it is. But when the playoffs do come around and, you know, again, God willing, BGK is one of those uh, 16 participants. You will see another gear. And I think Kessel will have uh, pockets of games that are like, right. Like right now he's trying to fit in Um, Kessel on the third line. I mean, that's um, it's a safer spot for him, but you know, you look at the line mates and you're going to have to ask more of him also.
0: Yeah. He'll be on the third line. Of course. So, of course, on Saturday night, you were at the game. I was here in the humble abode. I'm watching the game, and I'm listening on the radio to my good friend, Connor McGehee, play-by-play voice of the Colorado Avalanche. And something, you know, that we really don't notice, or maybe we do here in Las Vegas, is that uh, my guy, uh, McGehee kept getting annoyed when VGK – luckily, there weren't a ton of opportunities. Uh, so VGK on the power play, and we hear – Envy energy power play. And the first time he's just having a meltdown. He's going, Okay, okay, we know you're on the power play. Like, quit it. And then it happened again. And he's just getting just overheated there in the booth. And so I tweeted to Connor. And he's calling play by play and he's tweeting me back. I was just like, you know, I quoted him and he's going, Yep, yeah, that was me. But uh that was really funny though. And <laughs> He's a great guy and uh, no, great play by play guy, too. So I was going back and forth, but I was kind of amazed that he's calling a game, which is really tough. And especially in the NHL and all the way up there in the nosebleeds, you can't see a lot of what's going on at times. And here he is tweeting back at me. Coming up next, we have a poll that we released via uh, not scientific uh, via oh, Twitter. Very scientific. Very scientific. <laughs> and with most of the precincts reporting. Uh, we find out that Bruce Cassidy is doing a good job behind the bench. We'll get to that right after this on Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn that kind of trust from any people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the most important thing, it's all that really matters. And I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. The product that you have, it's cutting edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And I really do like it. And uh, with 24-7 professional monitoring, a uh, simply saves agents call you uh, in that moment that a threat is detected. They dispatch the police or the first responders in the event of an emergency, even if you're not at home or cannot be reached. Simply Safe is something that blankets your home in protection with the advanced sensors in every room, window and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert to you when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires. Customize the perfect system for your home. You can do it in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com Locked on NHL and that's Simply Safe S I M P L I. save 20% off of Simply Safe Security System when you sign up for the Interactive Monitoring Plan, and you'll get the very first month free. Visit SimplySafe.com slash locked to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco if You like that read. And Chris Golic here in Las Vegas, uh, he is Simply Chris. I'm Simply Tony with an I, of course. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked on VGK. So we wanted to get the fans' impression of how Bruce Cassidy is doing behind the bench. So my man, Chris, put up a poll, and you could tell everyone, you can reveal the how many electoral votes are in, too. Eighty-three
1: uh, votes, not bad, not bad for a late for an overnight one, and it's a ninety-eight-two split. So somebody in the last like fifteen minutes has said, "Not, not, not a good job." So the question was simple: Is how do you feel about the job that Cassidy is doing? The options were solid job, not so good of a job, and I didn't want to put anything more in there. I just wanted to know basically if we're on a pass or fail you know, ship right now. And I figured it would probably be 70, 30, 80, 20, 64, somewhere in that range, you know, mostly good for Cassidy. And we came up with 98% says solid 2% says not so good of a job. And the comments in general are are very positive. Um, Tim wants to know who, who thinks he was not doing a good job. I'm curious about that as well. Uh, Dave Parker makes comments about the power play would have liked to see a win against Calgary or Colorado says not close yet but the direction is done i don't i don't agree about i think we are close um you do las vegas I, I think sports, they're on the right path I yeah think i think they're, they're on the right, right path. path absolutely yeah. um more comments about a las vegas sports capital of and dot 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 it's too long with twitter handles so that's as much as you get but um nice improvements glad to see progress on the power play amazing what a steve spot less coaching staff can do <laughs> likes the transparency someone uh John Stevens going well. Shout
0: out, shout out, John Stevens too. You know for the job that he's done. With yes, that power absolutely.
1: UGM sports lover says Pat Pasternak to Vegas. Okay, uh, in Butch we trust, of course. Uh, trying new things. Uh, think the season, wait and see, evaluate what they have. Next season, be loaded up with firepower. There actually is something to that, depending on what happens with the salary cap. But that's not show for another time. And Logan Thompson, Logan Thompson, Stan accounts. What does this say? Logan Thompson's stand account. sure. okay. How could anyone say he's not doing a good job? I mean, and it's all fair, right? It's all fair. We just a couple of quick points here. One, we played six games. We could have won all six of the games. All six of the games were winnable. Cassidy has made improvements and changes in each of the games. Let's start with the, the very first game of the season. Amadio's on the bench. Paul Cotter had a better you know late run in camp, which earned him a spot on the roster. Cotter made positive contributions, helped VGK get a couple early wins. Cotter kind of plateaus out a little bit. So in comes Amadio. Amadio gives a boost against Winnipeg. He played great uh, against Colorado. And so you're seeing just little things like that happening. You're seeing the lines being mixed up. You're seeing changes made during the game. And DeBoer, I think was very content with seeing the process through, right? Uh, Process before results, I think, is a good way to look at DeBoer Even though DeBoer also made the comment that we're in the the business of winning, so it's kind of contradicts himself right there. But Cassidy is, yes, there's a process that we have to trust, or a process, as Tony would say, there is a process that we have to trust. But you know, Mike Tyson, right? Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and that's a pretty uh, fair statement at times. And in hockey, I think that's something you have to adapt with and. Cassidy, I feel, sees things quicker than Pete DeBoer did as far as what path the game is on, and you'll see him make changes during the game. You'll see him kind of change the system around and tweak their breakouts and things like that. You'll see him do more line changes. I just felt DeBoer was content putting 50 pucks on the net a night. and Even from the perimeter. Yeah, and assuming assuming something is going to happen, and I used to be of that nature. I'm not anymore, so... You know, I'm, I'm with the fans. I'm with the 98%. And uh, as elections, you know, roll in right now, what a time, Tony. What a time to have this conversation.
0: Yeah, at least there's no slander, you know, in our election report here. And yeah, you've watched this team closely. Uh, you're very closely. You've observed them up uh, close in the arena, uh, via the media. And so you have a very good and trusted, you know, opinion of what's, what's happening. Uh, I, I felt as though, again, the avalanche, the stronger teams, they have to do something to get more gritty, uh, stronger teams have dominated uh, the avalanche. Again, they tilt the ice. Uh, we saw this in the Calgary game. They tilt the ice. And so they have to do something, as you mentioned at the trade deadline, they're going to have three goalies here, folks. I mean, you, I don't think you need three, uh, you know, so I think they if you have do three goalies,
1: you don't have one.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I want to see, Hey, I w- really do want to watch and see how Logan Thompson does. Uh, does he get too frustrated? where things start to come unglued because he's, again, he's a second year rookie. Let's face it. I mean, he's still young in his goaltending career and I just want to see how he reacts. We will see if he's mentally, mentally tough. Like we believe he is. And I I think that's something to watch. Um, Bruce Cassidy said that uh, he didn't like, you know, the poor puck management on the part of EGK in that last game. Um, He said, it's really dangerous when you're giving up the puck to a team like Colorado You can't do that. You can't mismanage the puck against Colorado. They are too fast and too talented. And this is something, again, another weakness for the Golden Knights. Again, stronger, more physical teams are beating them to the punch. I felt as though, even though it was a one-goal game, I felt they were not in that Calgary game. I did have a better opinion, and better feeling, in the game against Colorado. And as Cassidy pointed out, it was a 2-1 to final in his mind on the power play.
1: No, it's all hundred percent fair and truthful. Everything that you said right there, go back and watch the first period of the Winnipeg game. VGK was making these amazing breakout stretch passes, hitting players in stride who were already past the forwards in the center. So all you have left to beat are the two defensemen and you get some rushes, you get some opportunities. And that's obviously how the Eichel goal came to fruition of a quick pass on the breakout. And you got a three on one, and a puck finds Eichel stick between the circles. He's not passing that puck. He is not passing that puck. He is scoring and he put a beautiful puck off the post top shelf, and crowd goes crazy. We're off to a off to a good start. Against Colorado, they're trying those same stretch passes. They're trying those same stretch passes. And about one out of six of them was making it through, <laughs> you know. And that's not again, I'm not knocking the VGK. I'm simply saying Colorado is a better team. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's going to take more creativity on the part of the VGK to find ways to, you know, what's their second, what's their third option when they want to go for that home run pass. And, you know, you have two defensemen back instead of one. It's whatever it takes. Um, I did notice they are somewhat changing their power play entry. They have been at times going back to having uh, the player kind of trailing in on um, uh, for the drop pass, so to speak. So they've kind of gone back to those entries instead of what I saw in the preseason was just Five people coming at you as fast as possible. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what opens up. So they're spinning the dials, they're trying to make those changes. But back to the grit, Tony, yes, um, there needs to be an answer. Colasar was throwing his body around, and Colasar did uh, get a couple good hits in there and Carrier as well. That got the crowd going a little bit. You have to give credit there for that. That said, um, I think and I think I turned around my friends all around us in the back of 217. So we need a fight. We need a fight in this game. Mm-hmm. That would have been a perfect game for someone to just challenge someone and get the crowd going, and that would have given even, an even stronger boost, not in the third period. You only do it in the third period, but in that first period, even in, this, in the second period when things kind of tilted a little bit, just a little something to get the fans and the players uh, stand up off that bench. But, again, I don't want to take any of our line four players off the ice because line four is the answer, folks. And what I mean when, when I say that is Colorado gets a goal, here comes line four. Coming out of a commercial break, things aren't going our way. Here comes line four. They keep the puck in the offensive zone more times than not. And that's just the eye test. I don't have a stat to back that up with. But our line four is doing what line four needs to do. And it's giving a chance to roll three solid lines to attack and a fourth line who is also attacking right now. 27 block shots for VGK in that game the other night. So they're getting back
0: and doing a good job, decent job. Uh, defensively so that's a good sign and again just have to really like Bruce Cassidy by the way uh, his Boston Bruins former team uh, the first to 10 points in the National Hockey League (laughs) and you know he's watching always looking at the box score every day but so he said he's so transparent I really I really enjoy his pressers because he actually says something he says something he does. Uh, yeah. He, I call, he looks right saying,
1: at you when he's answering. He talks right. to you. He's not talking to the room. Like the one question I got in on Thursday, like it was right back to me. It was right back. And I felt like it was me and him talking, not me and not me in the hockey world, not me and 20 other members of the media. It was me and him talking for that moment. Very, very impressed. 100 percent.
0: Yeah. And so he said, I call Riley Smith and Phil Kessel. Uh, we're not getting the pucks back at all in the last game. Yep. And he just, flat out. I love it though, because he does hold. there's no lack of accountability now, folks. I like what he's doing with his team.
1: No, it's not a country club. I mean, and I I have a feeling that that Foley took some of what, um, what patch Reddy said to hearts and, you know, really wanted to, and and whether that was before the coaching search or if that happened after who, we don't know, obviously from where we sit, but we do know. I think Foley does care about how the team is portrayed in the media, to a degree. To a degree, I don't think he cares about the fact, like about the business side and the cutthroat side. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow in an article. Uh, he in an article that came out over the weekend. Um, but I think he does care about the the operational side, the the players' perspective side, because obviously, if Pat Reddy's out there chirping that it's a country club it might not make someone who might be available at the deadline that wants to contend, they might not want to come to Vegas. Who knows? We, we don't know how those conversations take place. So I feel like uh, things are certainly, it's a tighter ship right now, folks. It's a tighter ship right now, and this is what this team needs.
0: Yeah, and uh, I know that uh, to preview, it was a, a television interview with Vince Sapienza from Channel 5. He does a great job with those one-on-ones and we'll just give you a little preview taste here. Uh, he said that Bruce Cassidy is somewhere in between Gerard Gallant and Pete DeBoer with his temperament and the way that he manages a game. So well, Glant
1: talking- is, 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 is the fiery one. DeBoer is not yeah. the fiery one. Cassidy's in the middle.
0: Got it. He's right in the middle. And <laughs> I just want to see if things go right. He just is so transparent. He's going to tell us everything. He's going to spill all the tea coming up next. We're going to be scouting the Toronto Maple Leafs as they come to the Fortress tonight. Stay with us right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And we thank you all for making us your first listen each and every day. Now also check out our YouTube channel and make sure that you subscribe at GGK. The biggest question going into tonight's game against Toronto, a team that comes off of a win, I watched them play the other night against uh, Winnipeg, and they're going to be one of those uh, tough teams. In the third period, Winnipeg had all the puck possession in that game, but they couldn't get back in the game, and it was a three-to-one final, I believe. And uh, the the biggest concern, obviously, is how do you stop Austin Matthews? Currently, um, he did get cross-checked in one of the earlier games, and he was hurt a little bit and he still kind of played through it he has six assists and he has just one goal the fastest player in NHL history to 50 goals how did he get to 50 goals I'm going to tell you right now 22 wrist shots eight snapshots seven backhanders six tip-ins five slap shots and two wrap-arounds equals 50
1: that's how he got there last season that was fun <laughs> I like that. That was uh, that was fun. You had you had me uh, you had me enamored as I was uh, paying paying so close attention to that. That was nice. Um, tell no, me empty about... no empty netters.
0: No empty oh, netters.
1: Oh yeah, good point, Tony. Okay, okay good point. Okay, good. We well, the is Jack Eichel. Um, Toronto's got firepower. And again, folks, this is another one of those games. If you're going down to T Mobile tonight, get down at the ice level for warm ups and watch. You get to see Austin Matthews. You get to see Mitch Marner. You get to see John Tavares. And then other up and comers such as Michael Bunting, and you know it's just this is this is a great time to be a fan of the game and to get an opportunity to see these players no more than you know a pane of glass apart from you. That's that's the takeaway. Toronto. What I remember about them every time I see, I try to make it a point to see. I love seeing the original six teams. Number one, I will be there tonight. Me and my dad are going tonight as a I'll be a, I'll be a fanboying tonight up in two seventeen drinking a drinking a expensive beers and stuff like that, having a good time. So. Come come see me in section two seventeen if you want to talk some puck at intermission, folks. But um
0: and what's your what's your usher's name?
1: I think Usher. it's Ray. I I feel hey, so Ray. bad. Ray. I know and you it's know I know my good. I know my friends told him about the show too. So if he watches this, I, I owe him a cookie or something for, for this terrible effort on my side. I've I've seen the guy for two years and I can't say his name. I'm such a bad such a bad fan. I'm such a I'm such a bad person. But Toronto, again, like like Colorado, you put them on the power play, all those names I just mentioned coming at you on one unit at times that's a bad spot to be in folks. That's a real bad spot to be in. So you got to win the special teams battle. You want to take less penalties first of all, and then you want to at least keep the, keep the sides equal, you know, one power play goal piece, you know, however you want to spread that up and then win the game five on five, win the game five on five, don't lose a special teams battle. Don't give Toronto a chance because you can blink and they can put up three goals in, in a span of seconds. They have that much firepower. <laughs> Do they have the goaltending? That's obviously, um, always a question mark uh, for Toronto and um, we'll see what improvements they've made. And I'm curious to see what Cassidy comes out with uh, as far as the lines go. Cassidy did mention in the same postgame presser we were talking about it. Uh, Jesse Granger got the last question from the athletic and he mentioned about putting the lines in the blender and, you know, out came uh, the misfits line and uh, Stevie stone and um, somebody St- Stevie stone. And who's the third, who's the other four? Michael. Right? thank you yeah jack eichel yeah that guy whatever but um you know he mentioned about about those changes that got made and if he would go to go back to that and cassie said well it's something we can even start with if we want to so i'm curious um depending on who shows up for the pregame skate this morning at a uh, city national that might give you an idea of what the lines are going to look like tonight but there's a good shot you see of all the top nine completely juggled tonight's uh kessel's going to get a little ovation tonight tonight he ties that uh Amazing Ironman record. I think that's something we got nine eighty nine, like, nine eighty nine. Okay, so that's something we got to put up. I think. What is more impressive, Cal Ripken streak or Phil Kessel streak? Interesting. And listen, I, I get the, the the numbers and all that for 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 Cal Ripken and all that, but you know, something to be said about playing all these hockey games without missing a single game you know, and and we're not going to get too deep into that, but there'll be a nice ovation for Kessel tonight and tomorrow against the Sharks, the record gets snapped. And, uh, you know, it's pretty remarkable when you stop and think about that and look at how big of a deal it was for, uh, for baseball. I don't think, uh, Phil Kessel is going to bring that type of notoriety tonight to T-Mobile, but it'll still be an exciting moment. And I'm sure he'll get some love, uh, during the first, uh, break in action tonight.
0: Yeah. And, uh, for this Toronto Maple Leaf uh, team, as they come into town tonight, uh, Jake Muzzin is sidelined indefinitely, and they're looking at uh, perhaps a Jacob Chikrin uh, trade, a deal uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, 21-year-old Nick Robertson, keep your eye on him, uh, had two goals against Dallas, is 21 years old, comes off of that fractured right fibula injury of a season ago. Uh, This is a team that was second place in the Atlantic. Uh, Of course, they lost to Tampa in the first round, All their shortcomings in the playoffs uh, are well noted and uh, they kept their key players. So they did keep their their core players with Matthews and Nylander and Marner and Morgan Riley. And let's talk about goaltending for Toronto. So Jack Campbell is gone. He goes to Edmonton and then they bring in from Ottawa, Matt Murray. Matt Murray is out. He's on the LTIR. They've got like five players on LTIR. They are last year's edition of the Vegas Golden Knights. But Ilya Samsonov has been spectacular. He looked great in that the other night, and he's 4-0 on the season. You have to believe we're going to see him again tonight because he does get rest. in Toronto, they came into town. They were here early uh, yesterday morning. So, nice. Yeah, so nice. they're going to have a couple of days. They should be pretty fresh. VGK should be pretty No, fresh. No, no, no.
1: Vegas flu. Vegas flu. Vegas flu, Tony.
0: Oh, <laughs> you're looking at that angle. We don't say that post-pandemic anymore. That's what I was pointing out the other day. Not we as don't much. Talk about, It happens. No, we don't talk about Vegas flu. Let's bring it back. I think you need to revive that.
1: So re- really you, fast. You and
0: the Usher guy. But really John fast. Taveras Let me jump had, in here. So, John Tavares had two power play goals the other night. So watch good. out for him tonight. Go good to
1: see him back after that terrible injury he got in the bubble. And we're, we're getting close on, on time here. But, um, you know, the Vegas flu. So here's an observation that I made uh, at the game on Thursday, after it was over, I was just kind of on the on the plaza, just kind of checking everything out, you know, and just kind of enjoying the moment. That was an, an exciting night for me. I noticed a lot of the visiting players just walking right across the plaza after the game. They normally stay over by Aria. So they walk through uh, the old Monte Carlo. It's still a Monte Carlo to me. They walk through the Monte Carlo over to Aria. But, you know, that's the thing. Like they're just walking through, you know, walking past all the slot machines, all the bars, all the entertainment and stuff like that. I think the Vegas flu is still there to a degree, but I think the players also manage it maybe a little bit better. It's not as, um, you know, like, geez, what was it? Um, Tortorella, actually, of all people, told the players they should have fun and, you know, get goofy when they came to Vegas. And other coaches have stayed as far as Red Rock to avoid it. I believe uh, Toronto was actually one of the teams that stayed far away from the strip in one of their trips uh, when they're with their previous coaching staff. So it's, you know, curious to see how that plays out tonight.
0: Yeah, that Matt Murray injury is an abductor injury but i think that's something in your stomach and then uh I, I don't know i don't even have an abductor uh samsonov 4-0 1.73 goals against quick prediction uh 2-1 vgk low scoring game tonight 3-2 toronto that's mine of course All right. and thanks, thanks for up. making us your first listen each and every day your second listen game to game my man chris golic is there each and every night every result on lock on game to game For my man, Chris Garlic, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now from Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.